0: If you think about the theme while you're writing, it just comes out. And I had never, I'd never experienced that before. I mean, I'd always been surprised when I'm like, oh, look, there is a theme. But this morning when I was writing, I was trying to remember what I was thinking about. I, I was trying to remember the, like the heart of the story. Like, what is this story really about? That comes out when you think about it while you're writing.
1: Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler.
0: And this is Tony Russo.
1: And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, their stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast is just me and Tony, but for good reason. Tony has a really cool storytelling project that he's got going on, so we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to what he's got going on. So welcome to the podcast, Tony. Well,
0: thank you very much for having me, Stephanie.
1: It's a pleasure to have you here.
0: It was kind of weird because I, I didn't want to be too self-aggrandizing about it, but I had to call Stephanie and say, hey, um, I have this thing <laughs> to promote. And she's like, well, yeah, I guess we can find a, find a way to squeeze you in. So I, I do have a new project that I wanted to talk about. And I wanted to talk about why it's a thing, because I think that's more exciting both yes. to writers and to and to listeners so
1: oh absolutely so what you have going on is a new podcast actually which is not an exact direct competition to this award-winning podcast that we have here
0: it is not um i was i was hired by a company to write um scripts for a podcast and to host it and so um, the name of the podcast is um This is war. And what I do is I interview Iraq and Afghanistan veterans about their combat experience. And I turn that into um, what I like to think of as like a long form story. So if I were to write this person's biography, I'm using the same words that I would do to write the biography, except instead of putting anything in quotes, I have their voice. So I read my bit and I use the interview parts to kind of cut in what they've gone on, and I've talked to some really, really wonderful gentlemen just so far. I haven't, I haven't had the pleasure of speaking with any women combat vets yet, um, but I've had the the pleasure of speaking to some really, really uh, outstanding, outstanding gentlemen about their experiences, and they've been really, really open with me. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be out on March 12th, um, and uh, it's it's just compelling because it's not. It's not a blood and guts thing and it's not a pro-war thing and it's not an anti-war thing. It's just I'm a guy and I went to war and these are the things I saw and this is how it made me feel. And um, and it, it's just, I'm very excited about it. I can't wait for everyone to hear it.
1: Yeah. And I think what's important to note, I mean, the company that hired you is Wondery and they are a national content podcasting company. I mean, this the podcasts that they put out are on the iTunes top ten often. Um, often. I mean, they have a podcast called Sword and Scale. Mm. They have American History Tellers. I think they were the ones maybe behind Accused that podcast as well.
0: I think they're they're involved with it. They're, yeah, there trying, was a, some sort of merger that happened. Yeah, before
1: it there got was there. definitely it's, <laughs> it's definitely listed on their on their shows there. But no, but this is a this so this is a very big deal. I mean, Wondery puts out really impressive. Top quality, nation nationally recognized podcast. So mm-hmm. I think for you to be a like now a part of that Wondery family, putting out that is it's going to be. I mean that's so huge. I, I'm I, we were so excited and so proud.
0: Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm excited and proud myself. I'm not going to lie. Yeah,
1: I know. I remember when you were going through the the interview process, and I was like, you you were you just looked like you're about to burst. And then they when you got assigned the gig, that was that was pretty incredible. But one of the thing's I wanted to circle back to is that. Yes, it's a podcast, but you're, you're storytelling. I mean, you were tracking down these guys, or they're coming to you, and there, there is real emotional, deep stuff going on in that. And so the podcast, almost as a vehicle another vehicle we've always thought of storytelling in, you know, ballads and songs. And then, you know, in in the written word, Mm -hmm. but then now we have podcasts as another vehicle through which we can storytell.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I've always, I've always been a huge fan of podcasts, as you know. Um, I think that they're a great medium and I think that they're a great medium for anyone who is doing any writing at all. Um, because it's another way to reach people who might not, um, who might not read you, or who might like to listen to podcasts instead of reading? Um, I've, uh, the reason I'm a fan of the medium also is because it's in your car. That's my favorite example. Yes, um, you know the audiobooks are in your car, um, and you can you can listen to podcasts in your car as well. I know that a lot of people are listening to this in their cars, and it's just another way to. It doesn't. You don't have to have. You can have mindless entertainment, and there are plenty of good mindless podcasts. But there are also are ways to kind of enrich yourself and kind of enrich your life by listening to different stories as a listener. And as a creator, the world is your oyster. I mean, just for the cost of a microphone and an hour or two a week, you can find another way to get your stories out or your—either either if they're um, fictional or non-fictional, you can find a way to get out what you— the story you want to tell. I mean, I was down. Yeah. I know it's the name of the show, but it's true. It's you know, you find a way to tell your story. It's just another another mechanism for telling a story to people who are interested in hearing it this way.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that's been really to one of the things that has really drawn me to podcasts is it's they're able to tell a story. In such a sort of captivating and sort of spellbinding way, and you've got journalists that are that are doing things, um, you know, S Town and Serial mm-hmm. and Accused, which is run by the um, a couple of reporters I think out of Cincinnati. Um, and what they're doing is they are in some cases reviving like uh, old cases, cold mm. cases. They're they're covering you know politics today. They're covering all sorts of things. You've even got podcasts, um, you know, that are just totally fictionalized you know people are just you know creating fun stories and then telling them um i'm trying there's one called um alice isn't dead right and it's this woman who's a truck driver and she's chasing her girlfriend and it's just it's all made up there's all these crazy things that happen but it really has be taken storytelling in in a totally totally new and interesting way and i think it makes it more accessible you know Maybe there are people that are just like oh, I don't really, I'm not really into reading, but here are all these amazing stories that you can you can hear, right with a, with a podcast,
0: right? And there's there's so there's something that you're interested in for sure. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about as far as making things, the difference that I've learned is that I've always tried very hard to speak the way that I write. They always say don't write the way you speak. And I've never been able to do that. So I try, I kind of changed the way I spoke to kind of match up so that it would be more, more pleasant, um, to read. But what I'm discovering now is that even though I'm writing out these scripts, I have to find a way to make it so that it's, I have to remember that it's not being read. It's being right. listened to. And so you lean into the microphone and you're reading your story, but it, Supposed to not sound read, and I realize that I use both in real life and in writing. I use words that you really don't use when you're telling a story. Sure. And so you don't realize that maybe unless until you hear it back and you're like, no, that sounds. It sounds like you're reading. And the reason it sounds like you're reading, it could be because you're not a good voice actor. And I'm I'm learning my way around. You know, not. Overdoing it, but it's also because, like, I use. I never realized how much alliteration I used until I had to read. <laughs> <laughs> until I had to read what I wrote out loud, and I'm like, this cannot be said. You yeah, know? no,
1: no one talks like this. No,
0: right. And I've dispatched the word horror completely from my lexicon because it's easy to write. But if you have to say horror. Four times during retakes,
1: yeah, no, you can't say it, so. especially when your podcast is called "This Is War." Right, the word "horror" is <laughs> it gonna, happens a lot. It's going to happen a lot.
0: So well. you have to find you have to find ways around that. Um, but recently, I've discovered the uh, radio style podcasts, and they've been out for a long time too. But I've never I've never listened to any before. And now that I am, I'm thinking of people like our friend Andrew who or or Jeff uh, Smith who produced plays and. You don't have to find a theater to produce your play anymore. You can do radio plays on the Internet now, and they're very they're a very popular medium, and if you can get some people together, it's something that it's easy enough to produce, and it's another way to get your voice out there rather than putting together this great script and then trying to find, okay, well, where am I going to get a theater? How am I going to get people to it? It's... As long as you don't rely too much on, you know, stepping on a banana peel or anything, you know, so much, so much is available to storytellers in the audio medium. And it's just, I mean, it's huge, but people are really just starting to play with it more and more and do fun things with it.
1: Well, that was one of the questions I had for you, because the type of podcast that you're doing with This Is War is very different than this podcast. I mean, this podcast is you, me. And a guest. And Interview it's style. all very off the cuff. You know, we have people say, Well, what kind of questions are you gonna ask me? And we're like, we have no idea. We're <laughs> just we are literally gonna make this up as we go. Right. But I think that's also part of what makes ours not have that forced feel, mm-hmm. is because it literally is not. This is happening as as we do it. Yes. There, there's nothing prescripted about it. So what my question was the type of podcast that you're doing now, do you find like the script writing variable that gets put in there? I mean, how do you approach writing out the narrative portion? How how do you approach the storytelling aspect? How do you approach taking from interview and then knowing where to cut it? I mean, how how are you making those decisions? Well,
0: it's it's much like writing a writing a regular um, magazine type story where you find the best quotes that bring out the person's voice and it's a little bit easier because you have their actual voice that you can use but um the reason that i have this job is because i'm maybe better at telling the story the boring part of the stories than they are like they get to tell the exciting parts and i get to kind of build the tension and this is actually something i discovered this morning um when i was working um if you think about the theme while you're writing, it just comes out. And I had never, I'd never experienced that before. I mean, I'd always been surprised when I'm like, "Oh, look, there is a theme." But this morning, when I was writing, I was trying to remember what I was thinking about. I, I was trying to remember the, like, the heart of the story. Like, what is this story really about? So, um, this particular story will not be out until um, April or May, but the guy didn't tell me a lot of combat stories you know he really kind of brushed over it and the reason was is because he's he's this guy from Pennsylvania who you know he he tried to sign up after 911 but he had a DWI so he had to wait until they took away the rules for enlisting I don't know if you remember that um, but in 2005 they reduced the rules for enlisting in the army and he was able to get a DUI waiver but he was just this and he, what what he was trying to convey to me, it, it occurred to me what he was trying to convey was that the scary part wasn't the being there. I was ready for that part. What he was trying to convey was when I got home, I wasn't used to it not being like that all the time anymore. Right. And this isn't a guy with, I've spoken with people with with real and severe PTSD, and this guy has at least a little bit of PTSD, but... I think the way that we think about PS- PTSD might be a little wrong, where we're we're thinking about these guys that are just crushed. And more and more, I'm discovering that a lot of guys are just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I don't have to look for IEDs when I'm driving to the supermarket. We don't have them here. Right. And so trying to think about that while I'm writing, thinking about how he's trying to hide the fact, not hide the fact, but how his... How what's interesting in his story isn't what he did. What's interesting in his story is how he gets to the grocery store without stopping to check garbage cans for IEDs. And that comes out when you think about it while you're writing. And that's something that I didn't have to ever do before because I've never had to share a page with someone else's voice. Right. Because in regular writing, even when you choose the quotes, it's still kind of in your voice. You know, you can soften the quotes... You can soften them grammatically. You can kind of cut them in such a way that it comes out the way that makes sense, that makes the subject, you know, communicate what they're trying to say in a more realistic way. But when when you stop talking and literally someone else starts talking, you have to accommodate for that in the text, which is something that I've never had to deal with before. And Do you think
1: your journalism background sort of has helped you kind of like you said before, like pick out the best pieces, and to sort of intrinsically or inherently know which are the best pieces. Yeah, uh, so that's, I, I think, yeah, know I would think that your journalism background certainly would sort of play into being like, okay, that part is good, that part not so good.
0: Yeah, and it, and I, I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's what got me the job as well, because when you're doing an interview as a journalist you're writing the story while you're talking. And somebody says something and you're like, okay, that is going in the story verbatim. That is something I have to mention myself. And um, the other thing is these interviews can be like three hours long.
1: Oh, wow. And and how long is one of your episodes on that?
0: 45 minutes.
1: 45 minutes, right. And
0: so, and of course, since it's me... (laughs) Of the forty five minutes, I probably talk for thirty two of them, you know <laughs> uh,
1: there's a shocker for everybody.
0: <laughs> so finding just the right quotes and just the right. and also these are actual people. they're not they're not performers. So one of the things that they don't know is sometimes they say things that are horrifying, but they say it in a matter of fact tone. And they're not trying to, They're not trying to blow it off in a lot of these cases. They just don't know that it's weird to talk about, you know, seeing explosions like, you know, hey, I, you know, I was on the way home and there was a heck of a car accident. You know, I was on the way home and a bus blew up and killed 14 people. When you say it like that, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to bring the gravity to that. Until you realize that the gravity of it is that they say it like that. (laughs) The gravity of it is that they don't notice how it sounds to people who have never been next to a bus that blew up, which, thank God, I guess is most of us.
1: Do you feel like maybe... Do you feel... Let me phrase it. Do you feel like your lack of military experience helps or hinders in in being able to tell the story because i could kind of see it kind of going both both ways i could see in some ways it'd be like okay explain to me how that ex- all works but i could also see it it makes you it maybe allows you to tell the story because you're a little disconnected from it. you've got you've got some healthy distance between what's happening and being able to tell that story yeah,
0: yeah i think it's a bit of both i think the the tough part is to remember to ask questions because if someone is telling an engrossing story, and they're using a lot of jargon, um, you don't want to shut them up. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to let them finish their story, but you also don't know a third of the words <laughs> that they're using. Yeah. So you know, I, I'll, I'll write down. I'll say, okay, well, what does this stand for? What does that stand for? Um, and some sometimes they'll stop if they know. I mean, they all know that I don't I've, that I've never served in the military. So sometimes they'll say, you know. Um, I'll get one wrong if I try it now, but one is is warrior leadership camp training. WLC is what it's definitely WLC, but I don't remember what what the WLC stands for. Um, but when they stop and explain it, it kind of breaks the it kind of breaks the mood. And also in my head, I know that I'm going to cut it so that they skip to the part where they just say the word when right. I ask them later. Um, so that's that's what's difficult, and also there are basic things that' I'm, I mean that I've learned since but when I first started like what's the difference between a battalion and a unit and a company don't ever call a marine a soldier <laughs> yeah. that yeah there's gonna be uh, <laughs> so big.
1: there's it's it's one of those things' it's, there's there's a there's a language almost to each unit and you just gotta
0: right be and be respectful
1: so, of all those pieces
0: but and and then there's the third is the audience yeah. So I want to do enough translating that again, that I don't break I don't break the story to explain something tedious. Um, but I also don't leave them saying what? Why would he say WTC? So a lot of times, um, especially with the jargon, and this is where I get the opportunity to explain the jargon before they start talking. Right. And then I can leave the jargon in, but no one's surprised by it, and they can pay attention to the story. Rather than trying to say why would he say WTC? Sure. So, so
1: there, so there is an, an element of writing out everything before, before I write it comes out the out, entire script every time, which script.
0: is which is something I can see by your eyes. You're shocked. I was shocked that I wrote the script out every um, single episode. Every single it. episode, I write every single word that I say, and then I don't. Then I don't say those words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like practice. Then. It's
0: well. A lot of times, as I was saying before, a lot of times I'll say, well, I can't, literally can't say those words and record them. They are, it's too alliterative. Um, it only makes sense in writing. When you hear it out loud, it doesn't make sense. And then sometimes I'll, uh, it's precious, but I'll say it. I'll just like, I'll be like, no, that's not right. This is what I want to say. And I will just make up, like the first episode, um, the first episode that that you'll hear I wrote all of it and read hardly any of it. And then the second of the second one, I wrote all of it and read hardly any of it. The third one was better. By the third time, I'm like, okay, well, you know you can't say that. So as I get a sense of what's going to sound good as well as what's going to convey the story, I hope to get better at it. I hope to get to the point where I don't have to spend all this time writing a script <laughs> that I eventually sure. ignore. Sure. Um, but so far, the, uh, the, first, the first two I had to deviate from the script a lot only because as I was telling the story, I found, I found better words. And yeah. it's weird to, to say, oh, to do rewrites live. you know I mean, it's not really live. I still get to, I still get to edit it. But I don't have to, on the upside, I don't have to sit down, sit down and retype the, uh, the rewrites. I can just say them instead.
1: So when you when you approach the the podcast, um, you you interview the guy first, or do you know? Okay, episode three is going to focus on homecoming, and episode four is going to focus on you know mm. uh, this particular battle in Iraq. I mean, are are they sort of you know? themes in that way or do you just get a guy and you talk to him and you figure out okay this is this episode is going to feature bill from pa and this is what his story is and this is how i have to write where he's going you know what he's going to be
0: about yes the second one um for right now they're almost not almost they've been exclusively biographies so this is the guy this is how he decided to get into army this is or the navy or the marines um this is what his experience in boot camp was like. This is what his experience in combat was like. This is what his experience coming home was like. Um, the reason for that is twofold. First, these stories have just been so good that I can't imagine not telling them. Um, and second, I've only spoken with four guys already, uh, five guys now. Um, so... The the longer term plan for the podcast is to eventually do an episode on boot camp or an episode on. um, I spoke to a lot of guys already, uh, several guys who were in Haditha, which um, which is on the Syrian border, and a lot of the a lot of the difficulties we're having now in Syria were starting in two thousand and three and two thousand and four. So talking, so maybe a show on Haditha in the distant future once i've spoken with 15 or 20 guys who all can tell me a different you know uh
1: perspective yes yeah dang so so i know one of the things that happens when you do this kind of work as it's happened with me and in in stories that i've told um sometimes you say okay i'm gonna set out i'm gonna write this story i'm gonna tell this story but sometimes they end up sitting with you longer than what you anticipated mm. have you have you found that with these guys that I,
0: I think of i think of them a lot it every every time i every time i do an interview it changes me a little bit changes the way i think a little bit but that's always been the case i mean when i was yeah. you know interviewing lifeguards in ocean city like I like to hear other people. I mean, we do this podcast. Like, one of my favorite things to do is say, hey, how did you get like that? <laughs> and then say, okay, this is how I'm like that and this is how I'm not like that. And I like this about you or I don't like this about you, so I'm going to be more or less like you based on, based on what I'm hearing. Um, sometimes the stories are sad. So far, all, all the stories have been pretty sad. It's not sad. It's just because of the material it's just awe inspiring that these people come back to their lives and make any effort whatsoever. Like right. you know, and that's that's the thing that's really, really humbling. Like just I mean, you don't have another choice. You can't just stop. You have to find a way to be to be part of your group again. So um it's it's a little humbling, but it's not a, it's not something where it's it, it hasn't changed a lot of the way that a lot of the things that we're talking about now are things that I've been already writing about and I've, I've already been thinking in, in both news coverage and then in personal essays and stuff like that. So I kind of incorporate a lot of, a lot of things about bravery and honor and is very, very philosophy 101, but I love it anyway. Like what is courage? <laughs> what is bravery? What is honor? and really trying to get at it trying to get at how complex it is to I mean I've spoken with several guys who have had to shoot at children gosh right and how how they can you know how they can come back from that um and to a, to a man they've all said I didn't think about it until I got home and I'm like oh my god that was a kid that one time, you know, it's not, it's, it's a lot of it is them retroactively having empathy for their past selves who had to live in the moment and weren't making decisions based on We're we're making their decisions based exclusively on what is the, the greater good for, for their group or for the people they were protecting. So and it's really way more complex than a lot of us want it to be and that's that's the that's what's satisfying about it and that's also what's what's challenging about it emotionally
1: have you found that doing this podcast not not our podcast but but your new podcast have you found that the way that you have to approach it the way that you have to write it has it affected how you tell stories or how you want to tell stories or Anything like that? Because I know that we've talked about podcasting as a as a storytelling medium, but I know that the the one you're doing now is sort of a very different take. I mean, the other podcasts you do are sort of off the cuff and they're very easy breezy. This one feels more intensive, especially on you know the narrative part and all of that. So I just has it has it kind of changed how you how you perceive storytelling or at least within the podcasting venue.
0: Only in that, as I was saying before. Saying things out loud, writing and saying things out right. loud. There, there are subtle differences, but this is. I've always been a huge fan of long form nonfiction. It's been a passion of mine since I was since I was a kid. Since I discovered that there was things like the New Yorker and the Atlantic, and they had these long stories that were complex and in depth and took the time to take the subject seriously. Um, I've always I've always aspired to do things like this, and this is my first opportunity to actually do it. Um, I'm sorry, I've written lots of long form <laughs> stories that no one's read, <laughs> but this is the first. This is among the first times that I'm going to um, be able to have my long form nonfiction out in front of a wider audience, and I'm just excited for that, and a little terrified because if it's awful, I have to kill myself. Like there's no. <laughs>
1: no <laughs>
0: there's 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 no one there's no one to there's no one to blame and other long forms fiction that i've written like if it didn't get published it didn't get published but this is going to get published if people hate it it's only because i failed right there's right. no there are no excuses so that is a little intimidating but yeah. the 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 i'm i i like to think i'm comfortable in the in the genre i guess yeah <laughs> i but guess i been doing out. it for
1: like what ten, twenty, ten, fifteen 10 15 years but I mean, I think that's one of the things is that, you know, you've been doing podcasting long before anybody on the Eastern Shore even knew what a podcast was and here you were making them. Um, so I feel like it really was you sort of paying your dues all that time and, and somebody paying attention. And
0: well, and that's that's the only the only thing that gives me confidence is I am comfortable in the medium. You know, we have been doing this for a long time. I, under, I understand how it works. And um, as a, our friend Todd DeHart Um, who I do another podcast with, we always say like, we're really like making things. We're just not really good at telling people that we've made them.
1: Right. So I think wonder is going to do that for you. And so now
0: that there's someone that'll tell people that I made this thing there, like I said, there, there aren't any excuses. Um, but I think they're good. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the couple, um, there's a sound designer and there's an editor. Um, so I write, I write these things and someone says, nope, that's too long. That's too short fix this fix that and then someone says we're going to put music here and there and we're going to put um gunfire explosions or whatever is appropriate to the story where it belongs so that it's a fully engaged audio kind of experience it's your it's 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 the difference between an audio book and a radio program you know it's so you've it, got
1: a production team behind you then. There, yes, You're coming I, at it with a full production team.
0: Right. I record my bits and I say these, and I and I rec- and I record, I cut up the interview and I record my bits and I send them to them and they clean them up. They have like a copy editor, right? Who would right. go through and say, okay, you missed this hiccup. You missed this, you know, there's a dog barking in the background. You have to record that again. Something like that. Sure. So there are audio copy editors. There are auto, audio um I guess executive editors who are like this story is garbage. This story is fine. I don't like the way you did this. So yeah, it's it's like a magazine, but audio.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking like there's a lot of similarities when you were saying like this is going to be produced. It's going to be out there, much in the same way that when we publish a book, it's finally out there, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my god, are people going to hate it? Are they going to hate me? You know? (laughs) And it's like at that point, it's once you publish a book it's out of your hands in the same way that once this goes live it's also out of your hands and it's and it's up to people to love it or hate it and you're just standing there you know with your stomach exposed and people have got sharp knives you know it's
0: yeah and yeah and yeah and you fortunately don't think about it while you're doing it yes especially especially when you're writing you're like this is the story that i'm telling and then you're like oh i now i can't untell it like if i messed something up it's out there and so it's similar with the podcast, and that's why I'm glad I'll have I'll probably have six or eight shows done before it because I've got four done already, um, and I'll do I'm going to do another couple this weekend. Um, actually, while while you're listening to this, I think that I'm doing an interview right now, um, and my idea is that if I have like three months worth because this is going to be every other week, so if I have three months worth in the can before the show debuts then i can if if i get performance anxiety after that it's okay i have a little bit of I'm i have sure. a little bit more space yeah right so we'll see
1: yeah and i think um oh my gosh i just had a thought and i totally lost it i'm so sorry tony that's okay uh where was that going it like popped in and then it just lost me um hang on give me a second my brain is so so fried today um it was something about the podcasting and and being like a magazine with the copy editors. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'll pick it back up. But I, know, but I think one of the things that is cool about podcasts that I didn't realize until we started having this podcast was that podcasts are a really cool format for writers other than the written page, other than the internet, other mm. than, you know sort of in the traditional route you know writers traditionally we write books or we you know do we put things on blogs or you know like medium or you know sort of ebook type those types of formats Mm -hmm. but i think what's cool is that podcasting for writers gives us a whole it opens up a whole another set of possibilities and there are a lot of podcasts out there that are where writers are taking the opportunity to use the podcast is almost like a like the next level of the story. For example, the one that comes to mind really quickly is um, Accused, and you know they there's these two reporters and they've taken these cold cases and they just are able to kind of dive into them in a way that a daily newspaper is probably not going to be interested in them going to the library and having this really cool conversation with the librarian about what they're trying to dig up and where to find it and what she's like and some of those interactions. Like that stuff doesn't make it to the paper, but that is stuff that as writers we always deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're searching out the story, we always come into contact with all these other people. We have all these sort of like really neat ancillary sort of actions with people and conversations and podcasts allow us to incorporate the whole atmosphere of a story not just the not just the the funneled down thing right. you know of okay so you know they're going to tell this cold case so they're going to write about this cold case the way that they're going to the newspaper is going to treat that is a very sort of i mean we all know already how that's going to go right but there's all this other cool stuff that gets dug up and the conversations the reporters have with each other as they come to like wait a minute we've gone to talk to that guy or literally listening to them in the car get out of the car go talk to somebody hearing interactions on the street it's almost like you get to be with the writer as they are figuring out how to tell the story as they're getting to the story and i just i feel like that's something that as writers is cool to have to allow people to see what it is we do you know there's all these shows that say oh well you know uh You know, we we watch all these cooking shows, so we see how people like make the food. It's not this is like ta da, it's on the table. Right. right? You get to see the behind the scenes, you know, in the in the kitchen, in the restaurant, and all this stuff. You get to see how it all kind of comes together. People like to see those sort of process related shows and they and they do that. I feel like podcasting is sort of being in the kitchen with the writer in a sense.
0: Well, and it's also Um, an audience thing. There's an audience for it. Like, if I get the newspaper, I don't want... Like, the kind of people who who read newspapers... And I'm sorry, I I read newspapers. But when you pick up a news article, you don't want to hear about talking to the librarian.
1: (laughs) No, you don't. You want the facts, ma'am. Just the facts.
0: So you have... So depending... And you don't want long-form... You don't want long-form nonfiction. You know, you don't want a... 6,000-word or 10,000-word newspaper article. That's what you go to a magazine for. And so what podcasts have done is they've created this venue for an audience. So um, there's the opportunity, which is to tell the the behind-the-story stories, and there's an audience who's like, of course I want to hear that. I just didn't know it until you gave it to us. And so that's what's the most exciting thing for me about the world of podcasting is that you can find all of these different stories being told the way you want to tell them. I'm, you know, I'm into the radio plays now. So I'm listening to a zombie radio play now and it is compelling and it is 18 minutes long. So I can listen to it a little bit at a time. You know, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's 14 hours long, but in 18 minute increments. So I can listen to as much or as little as I want. And that's a place where, nothing can compete with podcasts except possibly for something that you've t right you know because when you listen to a podcast you can start and stop when you like and when it's um boring you can turn it off and or skip ahead um and you can you have control over the experience and you have control over the content um, what you want to hear. You don't have control over what I say, but sure, you sure. have control over whether you listen to me say it week after week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with with me. One of the pod, one of my favorite podcasts is called Most Notorious, and the host of it, Eric Rivenis, he interviews true crime authors. That's that's the whole podcast. So every episode is somebody who has come up has come up against some you know, sort of crime, some sort of murder, some sort of something or other. And so Eric basically brings him on the show and he says, how did you come to know this story? How did you come to want to write about Jack the Ripper or, you know, Austin's Midnight Assassin or Bonnie and Clyde or whomever? And so you have an author talking about how they came to a story. And of course, his true crime is pretty grisly. And I don't know, that's kind of my cup of tea, I guess. But, you know, you have an author talking about their process, the story, and you, and it's, you get the history of it, you get all this different stuff, and you kind of watch it all kind of come together in that interview, and some of his run longs, I mean, they can run anywhere from, you know, 45 to, to 70 minutes for his. So for me, it's a good ride to work and back. Mm-hmm. But if but you I can stop it in the but middle. But I can stop. And also, if it's going to be on something that, uh, like a, maybe a topic that I'm not super interested in, like I'm not super interested in mafia stuff. So when the mafia ones come up, I can just be like, I'll skip over that. But I definitely want to hear about Billy the Kid. Right. right. Or, you know, Jack the Ripper or whatever. Like I definitely want to get. And so I just. Kind of bypass the ones that I don't, and and I think that's one of the other cool things is that you can take in as much or as little as you like, kind Very of like. Cool. But I hope everybody takes in a lot of our podcast. Yes, though. of
0: course. Well, if they've listened this far, then they must.
1: Yeah. Well, before we cut off, I just want to. Can you just make sure people know uh, the name of your podcast, where they can find it, all that jazz?
0: Sure. Um, you can go to thisiswar.com where you will see a picture of guys walking through a field. And uh, you can wait for it to debut on March twelfth. Um, if you if you find if you find so what's your story or Tony Russo on Facebook, um, or Saltwater Media or Tony Russo on Facebook, I, I assure you that <laughs> there will be an announcement.
1: There'll be lots of links
0: when it's when it's available.
1: And it'll be available on iTunes as well.
0: iTunes, Stitcher, all of them. Yes.
1: Yep. And uh, for those folks out there, like my mom, who's like, what's a podcast? Um, maybe that's a whole nother episode, but we're,
0: we're, we're going to do a video event.
1: Yeah. We're going to do a video on, because there's so many times I talk about podcasts and some people, you know, are just like, well, I mean, are you like on the radio? Can you put
0: it on my computer? How do I get it on my computer? Yeah.
1: So if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can definitely get all these cool podcasts. And there's, there's a podcast for your interest. No, I mean, no matter what you're interested in, there is at least probably 10 podcasts for it, so whether it's politics, religion, sports,
0: radio plays, radio
1: plays, uh, you know, I mean, everything, absolutely everything, um, and, and of course you, us, of course us, and you should definitely subscribe to our podcast.
0: Now, right. uh, Stephanie, this is the part of the show where you thank the audience.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all your ears. Um, just recently, we had crazy cool story if i can just kind of cut in for a second um we had a, a frank hopkins came in today and he was at a book signing and he said this woman walked up to him and looked at the book, and she said, Frank Hopkins, I heard your podcast. And he had never met her before, didn't kind of know who she was, but she saw the name and saw the book and was like, I heard your podcast. And he's like, I thought I would tell you, and you can tell Tony. So, <laughs> so we know that folks are out there listening, and we genuinely appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if, we, if you want to reach out to us, we'll read your fan mail on the air. We'll send you We'll send you a love note, whatever it takes.
0: So What's Your Story was produced by Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at sowhatsyourstorypodcast.com, where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes, and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and if you like it, then please give us a great review.
1: Tell your story.